Welcome to the podcast Business of Force for Good. My name is Law and I invite leaders, thinkers, adventurers and champions to share with us their vision and practice to drive performance with more purpose. Today, I'm very pleased to welcome Marcelo Behar. Uh, Marcelo is the Vice President of Sustainability and Group Affairs at Natura Co. And Natura owns one of the, the key brands I love, which is the Body Shop. Ten years ago, I was the skincare director at the Body Shop, and I discovered what Anita Rodic was telling about business as unusual and business as a force for good. And today, I've invited Marcelo to share with us best practice to make that winning golden circle between profit, planet, and people a reality. So welcome, Marcelo. Thank you so much, Laura. Thank you so much. And for me, it's a pleasure and an honor and uh, very important to be connected to someone who knows our, <laughs> our brands quite well. Just to tell to the ones that who do not know Natura Co yet, Natura Co was founded by Natura, our parent company, which is a Brazilian cosmetic brand founded in 1969, back in Sao Paulo, in a moment where everyone was thinking about chemicals as the real power into cosmetics, and Natura was already being placed as more connected to the values of the 70s as Natura, so trying to use natural ingredients since it starts, and then developing the personal care market in Brazil with that big concern for nature. And I will talk a little bit about it, but the Natura Co. Group comprises other brands, like, as you said, the Body Shop that was founded by Anita Roddick that visited us a few times. So Anita has been in Brazil in co close contact with Natura. The Natura founders came to the UK. I'm here in London now. And they, they visited the Body Shop sometimes as well. They were super aligned. Uh, every time people would say, oh, I see the Body Shop is Natura from the north or Natura is the Body Shop from the south. So the two brands were always uh, well-tuned uh, with the spirit of time. And Atrinco comprises also brands like Aesop, which is the Australian brand renewed for products created with meticulous attention to detail so, and super connected to the communities surrounding them, to art, to architecture, and with refined aesthetics. And now also leveraging Natura's capabilities to work with traditional communities in Western Australia. And finally, last two years ago, Avon came on board. Avon is a landmark, not only in the beauty industry, but for mostly for women empowerment. So before women were allowed to vote, they were already making their own profit and their own lives with Avon products. So Avon provided Natura Co. the network and the reach to spread our messages globally. So it's a pleasure to represent that group uh, and to be with you today. Um, such inspiring brands and values. Today, if anything, business as normal should be business for good. Uh, everyone is making pledge for the planet, for a more positive impact on communities, on societies. But yet we can see in the news leaders placing sustainability really high, like the Danone Group, like Unilever, being challenged by shareholders. And it seems that, you know, the triple win, people, planet, profit, the profit bit is a bit aside. So you, you have to choose either profit or good. What makes it so difficult to bring the three together? So the creator of the triple bottom line concept, John Elkington, he did a recall of the concept a few years ago. And he even mentioned Natura on that Harvard Business Review article where he states that when he created and he crafted that idea of three 
bottom line results. So having profit, people and planet aligning and trying to do the uh, to not only the accountants, but also the projects that connect the three of them. He never mentioned that they should be separated. Mm -hmm. They should always be integrated as one result that would benefit society as a whole into three different dimensions of it. So I think we are getting back to where we started on the sustainability journey almost 50 years ago with the Stockholm Conference of the United Nations and with the revision that was made in 92 in the Earth Conference in Rio when the, the Convention on Biological Diversity was founded. And so those, those concerns and those metrics have been around for almost 50 years. Mm -hmm. And I think the recognition that we haven't got where we should be, it's important not only for the public sector and for NGOs or investors who are pointing uh, different directions, but mainly for companies, because companies who want to be around for the next 50 years, they need to align on those different metrics, because society won't give you the license to operate unless you are clear of what you do and where you're heading for and bringing all stakeholders. So investors, consumers, science, private sector and public sector together on the journey. I strongly believe in that. Uh, I'm totally aligned with that. But yet it's often <laughs> seen as complex and expensive, at least in the transformation process. Do you have an example to, to share with us yeah, so I think there is a, a good example inside the Natura brand on how to combine those values and how to align those different metrics and perspectives. Mm. Um, so Natura has been operating the Amazon for at least 20 years. And so by operating the Amazon, it doesn't mean that we only supply from the Amazon. It means that we really have sociologists, anthropologists going inside the jungle for weeks into rivers to source ingredients and to help communities and to develop uh, a connection with the communities that is beneficial not only for nature but for for uh, the society as a whole and protect somehow the true guardians of the forest those who are there and who can benefit from its fruits and not from its wood which is a uh, uh, the the right exchange and trade-off that the world is looking for and now everyone is getting desperate that carbon emissions are raising tropical forests are disappearing but no one is placing the right amount of energy and focus into traditional communities. So we, we advocate that this is super necessary. And how does that connect to businesses? So we were in close contact with one of those communities that told us that they used one of the, the trees that was called Ucuba to produce broomsticks and roofs in the southern part of Brazil, which was a tree that was light. It was easy to take. The problem is they used so much that Ucuba was on the verge of extinction. So Natura study, the, the, the capacity of its fruits to substitute other ingredients from the biodiversity that we were using. And we understood that it had an immense hydrating power, so it could be developed a whole line out of those fruits. And we were able to pay for half of the fruits, three times more than we, the community would get for a tree for its wood. So the community immediately stopped chopping and started planting. And that really, within the, the, the last few years, reversed the course of extinction of that tree. This is an example that I think is very practical. It is measurable, yeah. it's true, it's there, you can see. And 
there is third part verification. Union for Ethical Biotrade has made a case around it. And it's a good example on how when you can, when you have the resources and the will, it's totally possible to align financial and the line is a success in terms of, of marketing, in terms of, of performance. So uh, you can align uh, financial mm -hmm. results and, and, and good um, also performance results with good um, triple bottom line results. We, mm -hmm. we do think that this is not only possible, but necessary. And what are your top three barriers to that? I think the first one on sustainability as a whole, because there are some companies like Patagonia that doesn't even use the word sustainability. Mm. And I, I, when I got into Natura, I, I always remember one of the founders that was the most connected with those topics. He said, it's getting, it's getting too complex and it shouldn't be because it should be all over the, the business. It shouldn't be something specific to a sector or to mm. an area of the company. So I think the first barrier is its complexity. So trying to bring um, those ideas without the acronyms and the, the main, the many standards and, and, and different frameworks that we are all, we need to operate and we need to navigate, but getting more simplicity around the fact that we must have, we must do something with the carbon that we emit and we must be conscious about it, each and every one of us. I think we must do something about the nature that we take away and we should Think about the options that we are doing when we buy something. What does that entail and represent to the world? So, and, and finally, I think the complexity around how can we make sure, and nowadays with all this greenwashing and people talking about it but not really doing anything, how can I really be sure that what's being claimed is, is true? So that's why... I think third-part verifications, NGOs are so important for people to be aligned and to, to be open, to, to show their weaknesses and their points of, of um, improvement. So I think complexity, trust is the, the, the second barrier that I think it's important for us to all rebuild and the dialogue between private and public sector, because mm -hmm. that is something, unless it's well established, we won't reach anywhere. And I always give the example that with the ozone layer, we did something extraordinary. So we, we found a, a problem. There was a hole in the ozone layer on Earth. It was a global problem. It was no one specific problem. Science warned, people understood, companies took measure, no more ozone layer problem. So it was solved and it was as immaterial as carbon. It was less complex, but it was immaterial. So immaterial in the sense that it, you, you couldn't see it. So, uh, and people took measures. So I think now we are on the verge of uh, a second moment of consciousness. Uh, of course, the, the, the moment of the world now being again under the shadows of, um, of the fog of war and, and, this, and people being tired of, of a lot of talking and not, not happening, uh, many changes creates a, a, a bad moment. But I'm, I'm a strong believer that the new generation is tuned mm -hmm. on those values and the young generation will become citizens and consumers and will demand change. So that will mm. come. Totally, totally agree. You've mentioned two super interesting things uh, which I'd like to dive into. Uh, the first one is about measurement with third parties and, you know, like having that transparency and that accuracy on numbers. 
which is fundamental to build trust. The second one is about what you've mentioned around public and private, but around the notion of partnerships. Can you give us, like, on the first one, let's start with the first one, in terms of measurement, there's over like 300 like ways to look at frameworks of measurement of impact. What do you use yourself at Natura? So, we've, we, as you can imagine, we discuss this a lot. And yeah. having four brands coming together, we had to create the common denominators for what the metrics will look like in the near future. And I think, well, my dream, Marcelo's dream, is one day a consumer could see a product in any any form, either with a consultant or online or on the shelf. And the product would have its financial price, it would have its environmental price, and it would have the social impact that it creates. I hope in the near future, people will see the differences and the difference will come out on a very clear perspective. So that's what I, I think we should all aim for, to go beyond only the the financial and the and the the simple economic price I, but i think it will take a lot of time to build that uh where we are today i i always remember when i was traveling once with my family in california of course it was california it was san francisco a uh, more progressive area uh, in a very progressive um store uh whole foods and i, I shouldn't be making uh any comments about brands, right? But uh, I was there with my family and I see this young couple and uh, the wife asked the guy, did you got it? And the guy answered to her, yes, I did. And then she said, but have you checked if it's B? And I said, oh my God, it's coming. People are paying attention if something is B Corp or not, B certified or not. And I, I at that moment, Natura had just became B Corp for two years, but no one never asked me uh, if anything regarding to, to B Corp certification beyond the, the sustainability area. And then I, I realized that it was going outside. And nowadays here in the UK, you see some supermarkets that have only sectors for B companies and only B Corp products are being sold. So people are getting to understand. So B Corp certification is one of our common ground. So Natura became the first public traded company to become B um, back in uh, 2015. Uh, the body shop became B uh, three years ago and ESO became B two years ago and we are on the journey to get Avon uh, there as well. The, the thing about becoming B is third part verification with very solid criteria cross sector. So comparable cross-sector solid criteria. So you, you get to know what the company is doing for the different dimensions of its businesses. What about the second point on partnerships? This is incredibly hard, especially if you talk private, public. How do you do that? So that's the probably one of the areas that is more complicated in my current job is to balance well where we want to be with who we want to be and how to connect to others. But I think there are some interesting initiatives going on. I think, first of all, there is the need. And here, it, sustainability, it always depends where you look from, your, where your standpoint is. Um, something that is very material for Natura is its connections to biodiversity and the, the story that it has and the possibilities that the, the company can offer 
an example of a business model that connected well for quite some time and that has produced some important results on that front. So on the on the nature side, which is the biodiversity one. So what can we do so we stop taking nature away and start bringing nature back? There are some interesting initiatives going on. I think um, from the public sector, CBD, the Conference of Biodiversity, is the is really the the main point of of action for for the for one day we reach the same targets we have for carbon so we can have one day the same targets for nature that would be important per country divided with clear metrics um, there is this amazing work that professor johan rockstrom is doing with um, planet boundaries so connecting science and placing numbers to where things are and where they should be and which limits should be respected um, we have on the private sector initiatives from Business for Nature, from World Business Council for Sustainable Development and the World Economic Forum, trying to align even mainstream companies who are more on the terrain of business as usual to move towards the nature direction. And with that, having some uh, targets that hopefully science-based targets initiative will consolidate as what the private sector can look like on nature. And finally, we are part of uh, another initiative that connects nature with finance. And the TNFD is the group that is placing uh, not only the risk, um, the risk concern on nature into something that can be used by every company, but also the opportunities that nature will create for investors to shift from just taking being risk adverse to be more building solutions and building programs that will allow nature recovery and re nature regeneration. That's what we are there for. That's what we're trying to build. So hopefully soon we'll see some uh, bonds more linked to regeneration and less linked to only risk averse initiatives. In terms of regenerative practice, is there any specific project you can share with us? Because a lot of people are starting their plan on regeneration. For us, it will always have to be certainly something that is at the same time nature positive, carbon positive, and social and economically positive. So unless it's positive on those four dimensions, it cannot be called uh, regenerative. So that's that's part number one. Part number two is we, Natura, developed a, a agroforestry system for something that is complex and difficult for the whole, not only cosmetic industry, but also for the food industry, and which is palm oil. So palm oil is it's, um, something that has been responsible for deforestation, mostly in Southeast Asia. And we developed a technique to, to use palm oil as a source of regeneration with traditional biodiversity from the Brazilian biodiversity in the Amazon uh, in an agroforestry solution that consortiates palm with 16 different species. And that has been proven to be at the same time um, effective, so super carbon effective because it takes regenerated, degenerated areas and brings back. It has proven to be nature effective because we don't use pesticides or there is no chemical solution. And one, one species balances the other, so it brings nature back as well. For the communities, it, it's been a, a groundbreaking initiative, and it has been something that we've supported, and it has been helping our, our business model to develop as well. It's still small. It needs to scale up. 
and I think it needs to become one of the examples of what regenerative solutions will look like in the future. But we are on that with that with that model already for 10 years. So been getting some good results and consistent results out of it. Wow, that's very interesting. What about circularity in terms of that? You're one of the biggest retailer. Some people are starting to, and we've seen initiatives about refillables. Now, some would argue that it's still very tiny. Do you have an example of a scalable circularity model? So this is for us paramount. We have at the, the Natrenco group, we have the this vision for the next 10 years, which is called commitment to life. And that's one of our most important pillars, which is embrace circularity and regeneration, because those those commitments, they are also linked to our other. So in sustainability, everything is interlinked, right? So it's interdependent. So our first pillar is on the climate crisis. What can we do? So reducing our carbon emissions, helping um, to foster collective efforts towards zero deforestation in the Amazon, placing science-based targets for nature. Those are our climate climate objectives. We have our social objectives and then the circularity ones, they connect to our climate objectives. So becoming full circular on packaging, I think it's one of the goals for the four brands in 10 years. So that's what we're aiming for. And having our, our ingredients being on working on renewability and degradability. So we, we are trying to bring a, uh, not only Ellen MacArthur Foundation, but also um, many institutions in the Global South together. So we can think about how to offset through collect and reuse programs to reach 100% of responsible disposal. Um, whereas recycling infrastructure is not available. So everything, I think the spirit is Everything we do should be reusable, recyclable, or compostable. That's what we see for the future. And and just on refilling that you, you asked, I think this is uh, interesting. Natura started to do its refillings in, in mid-80s, so really, really a long time ago. A lot of refilling experience, a lot of plastic avoidance. And I what we see today, and which I think is new and it's, proving to be effective is the body shop and its refilling stations in the new store. We see a big engagement, especially from young consumers. It's it's going to be 500 stores with refilling stations by the end of the year. And that I think is one of the sharpest initiatives on circularity that now ESOP is also doing. So we have one store in, in Melbourne to go on the same path. And many great things to come. So we've been, I would say, we spend a lot of time on this. So I think great news will come shortly. Excellent. Uh, the other thing that people struggle with in the beauty industry, um, I mean, there's been a lot of things done on hair care, on skin care. The one that seems to be more difficult to tackle is makeup. Yeah. So there is a connection on how can we bring makeup, not only on packaging side of it, but also on the sourcing uh, how can we work on the two fronts, right? So we've been also um, thinking about how can we evolve and, and move on a different path, especially on the sourcing aspect. So I think the whole industry is concerned about compliance and to be to have best ingredients, but also human rights, obeyance in its supply chains. And I think for some ingredients in makeup, this has proven to be 
challenging in the last few years, but I think now the industry realized that it cannot go as it was. So it's moving not only the cosmetic industry, but I think now with two elements, uh, social media and uh, more information to consumers and sharing. And so that's one. And the second one is the global governance that is becoming clear on who's responsible for what. And that will change, I think, the way that traditionally the not only makeup, but some uh, supply chain challenges were, were taken. On the packaging side, I think then it makeup connects to everything we said around circularity. So yeah, that's that's also another frontier, but everyone's studying and we've seen some interesting new initiatives with renewables instead of plastics that will, yeah, and of course, be more rational on the use of materials. I think that will be the next step. Very clear. Now I'm getting back to more personal questions. You're an agent of change within not only Natura, but the industry. What's your personal touch to influence and to embark people into that journey? That's a hard one. I, <laughs> I, I think it's, it's not about us, right? It's not about who we are or who we represent. It's about the common goods, right? So, and, and what is for everyone. So we have many roles in society, not only our, our professional one, but our personal ones and our beliefs and the things that move us. And I think sometimes that connects to others who are moved on the same direction and who are willing to create things that go beyond what we do in our daily lives and activities and who are concerned about what's going to happen for coming generations, um, either for their parental beliefs, um, having children, I think that changes lives for everyone, uh, sometimes for their philosophical or religious beliefs. Um, all of those dimensions move me somehow, but I think uh, it's really connecting to people who are, and I think there are people with that same mindset in every geography where we operate nowadays, Naturenko is over is on 110 countries and everywhere we go, there are people who are willing to spend an extra time to create a, a, the possibility to engage on initiatives that will go towards decarbonization, towards circularity, towards decolonization, many things that should change. The world already know um, where they are. It's just the extra amount of energy to move that agenda. I think there are people committed everywhere. So. Yeah, and normally they, they, they find each other, right? <laughs> Very true. And, and as you've mentioned earlier, um, also the young generation is uh, very driven um, by that purpose and engaged which is comforting. <laughs> I'm trying to find ideas from your personal library mm. about the best read, the best movies, the best podcasts or episodes you've listened to that have changed your perspective and that people should have a look at. Very good. So I'm looking at my library right now to, <laughs> <laughs> to get some inspiration. Well, starting from the visuals, audio visuals, right? So I think there, there is this new platform that is called the Netflix for Nature, which yes. is Waterbear. And Waterbear is available nowadays in over, I think, over 80 countries. Waterbear is outstanding, not only because you have lots of films and great content being produced by amazing video makers, but it connects the content with the initiatives that are trying to do something around that content. So initiatives who are 
um, on the ground who should be sponsored. So it's not only about sending emojis uh, and supporting petitions, which is good, but not enough. Um, so it's also about engaging somehow. Sometimes it's donating, sometimes it's donating time, sometimes it's donating attention, but connecting to to those real initiatives on ground and what a bear does that. So everyone who's on that space and wants to know a little bit more what the youngsters are watching, many of them are watching one of them. So mm -hmm. I think that's that's one. On the literature, I think of course there are those outstanding professors and thinkers here um, in the north, like Professor Dasgupta, who did a brilliant report on biodiversity. Uh, or Professor Stern, who did many years ago a brilliant report on climate change. But I would highlight something different. I would highlight uh, a philosopher out of the Amazon. So someone who was born and raised after 10,000 years inside the Amazon, which is Davico Penawa. And Davico Penawa is a philosopher that should be more valued. Um, he, is, he is valued. He, is, he has published a few books. He lives still with the Yanomami population. And Davi presents beautifully um, the idea that traditional communities should be seen as the ones who are keeping our air and the sky above us intacted. And if they are removed, the sky will fall. That's his main idea. And he, he explains that with beautiful images. So it's, I would say, for our Mm. French listeners, it's Claude Lévi-Strauss materialization of the, the indigenous thinker. And, and I think David Copenhauer's work should be well known by, by everyone. Or do speak Portuguese who are interested in the Amazon. There is Revoir from some professors uh, of, that combine law, political science, sustainability, which is very interesting, very fresh. So it provides some new perspectives on how to to tackle, to tackle the climate litigation, which I think will be the next frontier. So I think climate change, unless countries do nothing, probably the judiciary branches from every country will start taking measures. So it's important to be tuned to that discussion as well. And mm. I think they, they are interesting about it. Thank you so much, Marcello, for your time, for your insight. Uh, it's been a real honor, actually. No, Thank you. Totally mine. Thank you so much. À la prochaine. À la prochaine. <laughs>